Welcome to the Faith and Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. We are an educational initiative of Eventide Asset Management, where our aim is to inspire an authentically Christian practice of modern investing. This podcast features conversations with thought leaders in the space of faith and investing, and also functions as an audio digest of the articles we feature in our online journal at faithandinvesting.com. Welcome back to the Faith and Investing Podcast. I'm Matt Gallion with the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. Today we are pleased to present Wynn Collier's second of two essays reflecting on his time as a stockbroker. In this piece, Wynn shares his reflections of his experience as a stockbroker during and after 9-11, the day America stood frozen in shock. As Wynn watched pundits celebrate the quick financial recovery after the initial jolt the markets experienced in response to the attacks, he learned how little time Wall Street has for reflection, and therefore how intentional Christian investors must be to pause and ask the important questions that no one else is asking. Wynn Collier is an author of five books, including his most recent book, A Burning in My Bones, the authorized biography of Eugene Peterson. He currently serves as the director of the Eugene Peterson Center and associate professor of pastoral theology and Christian imagination at Western Theological Seminary. And now, here is Wynn Collier reading his latest article, A Stockbroker's Tale, Part 2, The Questions We Never Ask. A Stockbroker's Tale, Part 2 the questions we never ask. All of us, the entire sixth floor of brokers, stood with muted headsets dangling from our necks as we clustered around televisions hanging from the ceiling. Normally, ticker tape scrolled 24-7 across the bottom of the screens as talking heads breathlessly spelled triumph or gloom, depending on the energy of the hour. But now the screens filled with scenes of black smoke billowing from the Twin Towers and images of planes crashing into the Pentagon and into a field in Pennsylvania. It was eerie. In that vast space, usually humming with the cacophony of so many voices and so much frenetic energy, to have everything be stone cold still. All the money in the world, all the power in the world, was impotent in that moment, even if only for a flash. Reports detailed how Cantor Fitzgerald, a financial services firm, lost virtually its entire New York workforce, 658 dead. These were people like us, working in a building like us, doing a job like us. That morning they went to work just as we had. They would never be going home. In the year previous, the dot-com boom had led to wild speculation and people treating the stock market like a slot machine. Technology stocks had been on a five-year scorcher, but in a Wall Street-style Chernobyl, it culminated in a cataclysmic meltdown. The NASDAQ index dropped 77%. A slew of companies went belly up. Unemployment skyrocketed. Things were dire. And then terrorists struck. And everything about our future and economy and way of life felt threatened. On that terrible day, we couldn't have imagined the recovery that was coming. Soon the phones would go mad again. That feverish ticker tape would scroll again with new highs. The talking heads would soon be punch drunk 
with how the good times were back. The Fed responded to the shock of 9-11 by doubling down on lower interest rates in an attempt to stimulate the economy, while shoppers responded to the odd patriotic call to defy the terrorists with consumeristic abandon. Spend, spend, spend. The money engines revved with new fury. Capital poured into the markets. Only a year previous, my firm had, for the first time ever, laid off employees, but now they couldn't hire brokers fast enough. Management cajoled us into working overtime. One afternoon, an American Express traveler's check arrived in my mailbox, a crisp gold bill that was my employer's way of saying, thank you for enduring the insanity. Please don't leave. I learned that markets and economies have little interest in deliberative discernment. Few pause to wonder whether all that we'd endured as a nation, all our hubris and our greed, all that we'd suffered through the terrorist attack and the financial collapse, had anything to teach us. Who had time for reflection when it was boom time again? Sometimes the most important questions are the ones we never ask. So with no time for discerning reflection, the market surged. Amid this frothy environment, IPOs, or initial public offerings, where a company sells its shares for the first time, were exploding, and I joined our firm's new IPO team. With the technology boom reigniting new frenzy, a few IPO stock prices skyrocketed, filling headlines with sensational stories of overnight billionaires. The gold rush was on. Investors rushed after the next quick profit, often without any basic understanding of the company they were investing in or the risks involved. Folks were stepping up to the slot machine again. As I began to learn the world of IPOs, I saw afresh the underbelly I discovered when first interviewing for a broker job. With lots of firms, their only driving concern was to move the IPO shares they'd been allotted. They had a product to sell, and they wanted to sell it whether or not it was a wise investment for their customer. Eventually, regulators insisted brokers assess customers' awareness of what they were getting into, but this process was often merely perfunctory. This wasn't our approach. My manager drilled into us how much care we needed to take in explaining what an IPO was and how perilous the whole process could be. We'd slowly walk clients through the litany of questions. Did they understand how the IPO could go down just as easily as up? Were they investing money they were willing to lose? Did they understand the investments they were making? I was proud of our ethical commitments, our forthrightness and attempts to ensure no one was taken advantage of. But this wasn't how things worked everywhere. And yet, in the years since, it's become obvious that what was needed here was more than only ethics and honest dealing. Remembering our diligence in all those conversations with clients, all those methodical queries, I'm struck yet again by how easy it is to never ask some of the most important questions. Our exchanges in every broker interaction, not only with IPOs, centered around profit or loss, around risk and portfolio suitability, but we never asked anything more fundamental. How does this company's business or product align with your faith? Do you actually want to be an owner of this company? Do you want to use your resources to contribute to their work in the world? How will your investment in this company contribute 
or not to the common good? And does that matter to you? How is the nobility of work and the goodness of creation being sustained or harmed with your investment? While we wouldn't expect a broker to pose each of these questions to a client at every turn, the fact is that these vital questions never even occurred to me. They weren't part of the larger vision. Was anyone having these conversations? Was anyone considering what responsibility we're taking on whenever we become a partial owner of some enterprise? Was anyone thinking about the immense privilege of using our dollars to do more than prepare for retirement, to actually do good in the world? With any investment, we're foolish if we don't consider the basic concerns familiar to every investor. Risk, market volatility, return on equity, etc. However, wisdom invites us to give diligent attention to far deeper questions, to the many core questions that prevailing investing philosophies rarely stop to ask. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Investing Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, share with a friend, or rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Your rating and review allows more people to discover helpful resources on faithful investing. To find out more about the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing, visit us at faithandinvesting.com. The communication herein is provided for informational purposes only and was made possible with the financial support of Eventide Asset Management, LLC, known as Eventide, an investment advisor. Eventide Center for Faith and Investing is an educational initiative of Eventide. In some cases, information in this communication may include statements by individuals that are current clients or investors in Eventide and or individuals compensated for providing their statements. In such cases, Eventide identifies all relevant details of the relationship, the compensation, and any conflicts of interest within the communication which can be found at faithandinvesting.com. Information contained herein has been obtained from third-party sources believed to be reliable. Statements made by ECFI should not be interpreted as a recommendation or advice pertaining to any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principle.